some of these conversations that we should be having with people make us uncomfortable because maybe deep down we already know that there's a missing alignment and we're afraid to kind of examine them because we're not so sure about the answer that we're going to get when in reality you're saving both of you time maybe some heartbreak and just creating a space for honesty about what you want out of your life let's link up with krista on the fix she's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength Hey there, Fix listeners. Welcome back to another episode of The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Huber, and we have hit episode 80. We're so close to 100, which is just wild to think about. I'm excited for that milestone to come. We're coming into the second year on the podcast, which is just fantastic. And I am so happy to really dive into something pretty personal for today's episode. If you follow me on social media, you may or may not know from a lot of my stories and some posts that my brother got married this weekend, my older brother. And of course, when a life event like that happens, it's someone you're really close to. I'm very close to my siblings and feel really fortunate to have that type of relationship Absolutely love my new sister, which I'm super excited to say. And the experience got me thinking a lot about relationships, especially because of the ceremony they had in their church and some messages that the priest who married them kind of left with all of us. And I've been thinking about over the last few days and will definitely continue to think about navigating my own personal life, dating life, future partner, all of those different things. And I want to tie all of this back to health and wellness because that is the premise for this show and because our relationships are such a huge factor in our health and wellness, not just in terms of how we feel and how we interact with people in the world. And that's not just even romantic. I want everything you hear throughout the rest of this chat to apply to your professional life, your familial relationships, of course, your more romantic relationships too, but also just how you interact with your friends and, and move throughout the world and Everything we do is rooted in some type of relationship. So hopefully you'll agree in listening to everything I'm about to share and just some thoughts that I have and some questions I would encourage you to pose to yourself that I'm going to run through throughout the rest of this episode. See how you might apply it to a lot of different aspects of your life. So I'm going to set the scene from the wedding. What I loved the most about what this priest shared was the fact that he actually had my brother and his wife complete a little bit of a homework assignment that he said was only going to be used as inspiration for his message. But what was really beautiful is he actually printed out their responses and read it word for word. So here's kind of the background on this whole thing and and a particular quote that my sister-in-law shared that has really stayed with me and is kind of the basis for the rest of this conversation. So he asked my brother and Lindsay to answer three questions. And those three questions were the following. The first was, 
why did you know that this person was the one for you? What about them? What about the two of you together made you realize this is the one? The second question was, what type of partner do you hope to be? What type of husband or wife do you hope to be to them? What is important to you in the way you show up in that relationship? And the third one was something along the lines of, I may be slightly wrong here, but it's for coming from my memory, something along the lines of, what are some of the values and goals or the vision, I should say, that you have for your future and your future families together? Now, what's important to also note is that he specifically instructed them not to consult each other on these responses. So they needed to complete these two homework assignments totally separate, write down their answers, email him back, and what, again, was supposed to just be inspiration for his message was actually read somewhat word for word. He made a joke that he had to paraphrase some of my brother's responses because they were so lengthy. And that's just a testament to how passionate he is about his own relationship and just something I truly admire and think is very beautiful. So there are a lot of points and really amazing quality is pointed out about the two of them. And the one, though, that really, really resonates with me was something my sister-in-law said. And that was that one of her hopes or goals for their future life and their future family was that she didn't want to, and this was the exact way she wrote it, and I absolutely love it. And it's going to be a new little mantra of mine. She didn't want to just grow old together. She wanted to continue to grow together. And I think that's just amazing. It's so well said. I mean, think about it. If you think about what you're doing in a relationship when people say, oh, I want to grow old together, like it's a classic phrase that we think of when we think about meeting your person, the one, the the individual that you are going to spend the rest of your life with. And yeah, just by nature of all the years passing by and you getting older, you do hope to grow old together. You hope to be able to share all these beautiful memories. But that's more of just like the way of life. That's just natural what's going to happen. And I think there's the underlying understanding that what's really meant by that statement is like you'll grow old together and continue to grow in love together. But the emphasis on grow together just really hits hard with me because I think that can be something that's very hard to measure when you're dating somebody. When you are in that phase of life of trying to assess whether this is the person that you're supposed to be with because I think it can be pretty tough initially, especially when you meet somebody and in the beginning you see everything through rose-colored glasses. They might paint a picture of themselves to you that they think you want them to see the way they think they should show up in this relationship to get whatever it is that they want out of the dynamic between the two of you. And it takes a lot of self-exploration and it takes a lot of commitment to self rather than to another person to really understand whether they're committed to growth and whether you're committed to growth. On top of that, I think we also go through seasons in life where it can be easy to get comfortable. It can be very easy to not necessarily prioritize your growth because you're met with some challenges and your day-to-day -day may just be more of the mindset of like, I just have to get through this today. And that's okay. That's part of life. And that's a total aside. But when it comes to growing together and looking at my own personal experiences that I've had and then really getting very clear on what some of my values are, 
this for me, someone being committed to growth is honestly a non-negotiable. And I truly feel that so much of that has to do with the emphasis that I put on health and wellness in my own life. And here's why. Think about anything you do related to your health and your wellness. Let's use a really concrete example like physical fitness because anybody listening to this, hopefully you can relate to that, but it's just something that's universally understood when you go into the gym. If you go into the gym and you wanna make changes, you're committed to growth, maybe physically in terms of growing muscle or getting leaner, but also in terms of intentionally putting yourself in hard situations. Like going into the gym and getting uncomfortable is a conscious choice. And to me, that is like one of the most concrete forms of growth that somebody can possibly demonstrate. That you're willing on a regular basis, hopefully, because we all know if you listen to this podcast enough, you know how much I preach about consistency and we all know that consistency is king to your nutrition and your physical fitness. You need to commit to something on a regular basis and you're choosing to be uncomfortable. You're choosing to pick up a heavier weight. You're choosing to push yourself a little bit further in a cardio workout. You're choosing to even just show up to the gym and get your body moving on days when there are a hundred other activities on your to-do list. You have a lot of other priorities. You're stressed out at work. Maybe emotionally, you're not feeling like your best self. You're female, you're going through your period, whatever it is. There's a million and one excuses why you can't show up to the gym, but you do it anyway. That is in my book, probably the bare minimum of demonstrating that somebody is committed to growth. Because again, that's more of like, it could be more focused on the aesthetic and the physical, which is not a bad thing at all. But the other ways really have a lot to do with the way that person shows up, maybe even outside of their relationship with you. If it we're sticking to the example of romantic relationships, thinking about what is that person's perception around their career? or work, or what kind of goals do they have set for themselves? What sort of aspirations do they have? What expectations do they have for timelines for when they want to achieve a certain position in a job, or maybe even ex take the leap to explore entrepreneurship and go out on their own? And that's a really, really challenging road and takes constant re-examining of yourself, of the business you're trying to run, what you're doing on a daily basis to get there, how you're growing a team physically, any of those things. And unless we're having some of those deeper conversations, it again can be a little hard to get a full understanding of how much another individual prioritizes growth and to what extent and how that lines up with you. And I think that maybe is a part of the challenge. And, and of course, I can only speak from my personal experiences. I can speak from stories that my friends have shared with me. And if you haven't been listening to me for a long time, I don't necessarily talk about this topic as often as maybe I used to, but one of the big reasons why I started this podcast was because I broke off an engagement over two years ago. And the decision to do that, while it was very challenging and I went back and forth and I wasn't sure if it was the right path for me, it was the best choice I made, not just for myself, but for that other person as well. And my takeaway from it was that if I want to think about what I was responsible for, because it's not about the other person, if I wanted to grow and here's me demonstrating that I do want to grow, it's about what can I take from this to potentially do differently in my future relationships, personal, professional, familial, whatever it is.
one of the ones for me was really big on communication. And I thought, I do think that I work on my communication and make an effort to do this, but it's become way more of a priority since stepping out of that relationship and figuring out exactly what I wanted. And I think that a lot of times we're just uncomfortable with having tough conversations. And I was listening to podcasts between Lewis House and Jay Shetty, and they were talking about this exact thing. It's like some of these conversations that we should be having with people make us uncomfortable because maybe deep down we already know that there's a missing alignment and we're afraid to kind of examine them because we're not so sure about the answer that we're going to get. When in reality, you're saving both of you time, maybe some heartbreak, and just creating a space for honesty about what you want out of your life. So overall for me, I think about growth as a non-negotiable and I think about growth as something that's so important, but I also have taken the time and going to therapy and doing the work and going on that own journey of self-discovery to figure out, well, I have all this information. I went through this experience. I took the time to really, really, really get clear about what Crystal wants out of her life and what are some questions that I might be able to pose to you, the listener, to think about if you're trying to assess whether a romantic relationship or maybe even a professional relationship, like a work relationship, is the right one for you. Where again, relationships are everything. It's how we operate our entire lives. It's how we get new jobs. It's how we interact in the world. We're human beings. We're designed to be around other people. So I wanted to just pose a couple of questions for you to ask yourself. Even if you feel like you have a great relationship, it's just kind of like an audit. Something to do to kind of check in and see if you're truly operating in a way that is in alignment with who you want to be, the way you want to show up in the world. So I kind of put them into three different buckets and there's probably a million other questions you could ask, but in reflecting on this past weekend and being at this wedding, thinking about everything that the priest shared in his message, these were the few that came up for me, especially in seeing all the similarities that my brother and sister-in-law had in their responses. And what was of course so cool about that is they didn't talk about it. And that just goes to show how not only how much in alignment they are, but it's clear that they've had these conversations. And I admire them so much for that because I think that not enough people have them. And I think that not enough people are having them continuously. Like every year, maybe checking in with your partner and figuring out, are we still on the same page? And if you're not, that's okay. The way that Lewis Howes and Jay Shetty kind of talked about this in the podcast episode that I was listening to and is definitely making me ask myself some additional questions was for whatever reason culturally and through society we measure relationship success based on the length of the relationship i mean shit even the comment of like growing old together right that's all about longevity and sometimes maybe that's maybe just putting it out there and this is something that's really gotten me thinking this morning as i'm recording this episode Maybe the length of the relationship is not the testament to how successful or truly beautiful or happy or whatever adjective you'd like to use to describe it is the way to measure that. And I, I think that's that's a really interesting thought that I'm just going to kind of take with me. So back to the questions, though. 
So here are just some questions that I kind of jotted down that I would encourage you, maybe as you're listening to this, if you're not out on a walk or maybe you're in your car or something like that as you're listening to this episode, but go back, play this section again if you don't have time to write them down or if you're out for a walk or something, you can jot them down really quickly in a note on your phone. I'll put them down in the show notes too and make it even easier for you and then you can copy and paste them. So three different buckets. The first bucket is your personal values. Now, again, let's keep this in the context of your health and wellness. So thinking physical activities, making time for your workouts, spending time, eating nourishing foods for your body, all those different things. The things that you like to do that specifically help you achieve your health and wellness goals and lead that healthy lifestyle, if that's a value of yours. The question I would ask myself is, in the context of this relationship that I'm in, my work relationships, my romantic relationships, my familial relationships, my friendships, am I making the time for all of the activities that are important to my health and wellness in the midst of the responsibilities or the way that I also want to show up in this relationship? In other words, are you finding and this is from personal experience, I've had relationships where my partner didn't necessarily value going to the gym on a regular basis the way that I did. So there was a little bit of contempt around, oh, you're going to the gym instead of spending time with me. And over time, it wasn't a very long time, I realized that that was not the relationship for me. And whether we went to the gym together or not, I didn't even need that to happen. But in that individual not understanding how important that me time was for me, I knew deep down, even if it took me a little longer to recognize this in the moment, that that wasn't going to last. Because for me, that time in the gym meant much more than my physical fitness. It was my mental fitness, my mental wellness, being able to de-stress, being able to just kind of decompress from my day and have that alone time. So if you're asking yourself or noticing that maybe you're compromising on your schedule and the things that you really want to do or the way you want to conduct your lifestyle and those things aren't happening, I'd put a little question mark and ask yourself, is this a relationship where I can continue to grow in my life? Because chances are, if you currently can't even keep the schedule that you want to keep, who says that's going to get any easier as life changes, as different life events happen, et cetera? The second question I would ask myself is looking more at your alignment of your values. And this does really piggyback off of the first one and just the little anecdote that I shared about a person not necessarily putting as much emphasis on going to the gym, but what kind of emphasis or value does this person, these people, this individual, this culture place on things like physical activity, stress management, eating healthy, nourishing your body with foods that are good for you, maybe even making the time to meal prep if that's something important to you. I hear it all the time from my clients. They feel overwhelmed and they feel too busy. And sometimes it's, it's a thing I see often People don't feel supported by their partner in their own journey. And when it comes to nutrition, a lot of the work we need to do in planning in advance and going to the grocery store, the action steps that we need to take to get to our goals could be a lot easier with team support. And when there's another individual who plays a huge role in your day-to-day, if you don't feel like you can lean on them for that, I think that's just a tough road. It doesn't mean it's the end of the road. It means it's an opportunity to communicate and have conversation. But I'll get into the communication a little more in a second. It's ultimately that second question is like asking yourself, if you look at your values and you look at what's important to you, 
almost like putting it side by side on a piece of paper. Could you check the box and say that those values match up? Is it just as important or at least of some importance to that other person? And then the third bucket or of the third question is assessing your emotional health. Specifically, asking yourself, do I feel like my best self when I spend time with this person in this environment, at this office, wherever it is that you work, around my family members, when I'm going out to dinner with these friends? Do I feel like my best self? Now, I have a really, really, really big asterisk with this question. You have to be careful here because this is definitely something I've learned in my own personal journey of figuring out what I wanted and the way I want to leave my life, lead my life. And that's the fact that someone else does not make you feel things in the sense that we need to take responsibility for our own emotions. Someone else can't make you happy. Someone else isn't necessarily making you upset or anxious or these things. And they may contribute to those feelings. But in the happiness example, I think this is easiest to grasp is you don't want to look for the external to make you happy because if you don't love yourself in here, you're not going to get it from all these other external things. That will all come and go. Instead, and I've gotten this from a few different books I've read, the one that's coming coming up for me repeatedly is a few of the Young Pueblo books. Um, his book, Clarity and Connection, has a beautiful section of short prose or poems around this exact phrasing. And it's like emotional maturity in a relationship is understanding that someone else doesn't make you happy but they add to your happiness and i think that's such a powerful lesson to be able to understand and i feel like i personally kind of learned that in a little bit of a painful way but it was one of the most freeing experiences to go through because it pretty much just forced me to be with myself and be comfortable with myself when really, I, I think I kind of thought that I was, but I felt so busy all the time and so just diving head into the work that I do. And a lot of times that's supporting other people emotionally, that it's really easy to put their needs before your own. And I just never really took the time to sit with myself and truly, truly think about that. So back to that question of emotional health is asking yourself, does this person, these people, this relationship, whatever it is, add to my happiness? Or is the time spent with them interfering with it in some way? Do I feel like my best self? Again, do I feel like my best self when I'm around them? And you're not going to feel like your best self all the time. That's bullshit. And I think that I, I've been seeing some posts about this on social media lately. And I kind of love it. This realization that this like toxic positivity is toxic positivity is a real thing. And we can't be happy all the time. And we can't say, oh, everything's going to be fine. It's okay. It's okay for things to not be okay. At the same time, something else I've been seeing that I think is kind of in the same wheelhouse is self-love not having to be a movement because it should just be inherently something that we practice. And being able to sit with yourself and be comfortable with yourself and really audit whether the work you're doing, the people you're spending time with, is that the type of you that you want to show up as? And ultimately, in starting to ask yourself these questions, let's say you write them down or you start thinking about them 
you're just sitting, reflecting, journaling, whatever it is, and you realize, oh, some of these things maybe aren't in alignment in these relationships that I have in my life. So what if something's missing? What do you do from there? The best possible thing that I can say from my own experience that you need to do is communicate. I hinted at this a few minutes ago, but have the difficult conversations. So many people are not willing to have those difficult conversations. And in sharing the story about my brother and sister-in-law's wedding, again, just seeing some of the thematic similarities in their answers, it just proved that since they didn't talk about it before they put their responses to these questions together, they have to have had those conversations. Because if you don't communicate, how can somebody possibly know what's important to you? And I think it's really easy to fall into this trap of assuming that someone oh, they know me so well, they, they should be a mind reader. Like they should know when my mood is off. They should know why I'm upset by this, that, and the other thing. And that's totally unfair. Don't be afraid to speak up. It's something I see with a lot of clients, again, going back to this context of nutrition and fitness. If you don't feel like your partner is supporting you or you don't feel like you're in an environment at work where let's say you're really busy, you're working really hard. I often hear people say to me, I don't feel like I have time to get up from my desk for a lunch break. That's sometimes a little bit of an excuse for as hard of a pill as that may be to swallow. I see that as an excuse is because you are putting that pressure on yourself by not being okay with opening the door to the un what may feel like an uncomfortable conversation. Maybe you just need to, keeping with the work example, go to your boss and say, hey, I feel that I need these 20, 30 minutes and I'm going to block my calendar. Or maybe you just block your calendar and see what happens. And guess what? A lot of it's in your head. You think that, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And, and I have to get X, Y, Z thing done. If you give yourself those 20 minutes or even 10 or even five, get outside, take a lap, something simple, couple deep breaths, closing your laptop for a second, you just might find that you will be able to show up better and be more effective in all of that work that you're trying to accomplish. The other aspect on the relationship side of all of this is if you're not sure how to have those conversations, a really good way to do it is to take a podcast episode like this one and use it as a way to kind of plug the conversation, open the door to the conversation. If, it, if We can be uncomfortable because we just don't know how to bring it up. But I also think something else you can do too is say to this person, like caveat the conversation and saying, I'm not coming to you, coming at you, making it sound like I'm trying to attack the person, like something is wrong. More so just coming at it as like, let's have an open discussion about this. And furthermore, being okay with the fact that maybe the person's answers aren't going to be what you want to hear. And again, that doesn't necessarily make them a bad person or it doesn't make that job a, a bad job. It just might not necessarily be the fit for you. And the sooner you can figure that out, the sooner you will be able to live a life that is fully in alignment with everything that you want. And the more you live that life, even in small ways, like maybe the job example is a really big one or maybe the romantic relationship and that partner is a really example really big example because it really impacts your life in, in massive ways but think about smaller things like where you go to the gym what type of environment is that is that encouraging you and that's kind of another 
step you can take outside of the communication piece is like, hey, let's say you realize that these things aren't in alignment with you. Well, then how do we get in alignment? Or more importantly, how do we get around people that are in alignment with our values, our goals, our mission, the way we want to live our lives? Start participating in the activities that you truly want to participate in because naturally if somebody else has that interest, they're going to have similar values to you. Maybe not in all areas, but at least in one or two things. That that common ground is really important and that's a big reason why even with nutrition coaching and fitness coaching, we create these communities and for as much as I love my one-on-one coaching and a big part of it is my online group that we have where we're sharing recipe ideas. I'm encouraging people to talk to other clients who have had certain successes. I'm sharing their success stories because they found a quote unquote hack or a trick or something that's really worked well for them in helping them get to where they want to go. And the more you surround yourself with those people, the more natural it's going for you to feel to live out that life of true alignment and ultimately to tie it all back together help you continue on that path of growth and that path of growth just seem a little bit easier because growth isn't easy. It's scary. We talk about this a lot with nutrition and fitness. The hardest part about this type of coaching is that you're asking somebody to change. As it is, change is really tough. And as the client, one of the hardest parts is the fact that there's no instant gratification with this. The work that needs to be done is going to take time. It's not the same as going shopping and buying, I don't know, some jewelry that you really wanted. You walk out of the store with that piece of jewelry and it's like that instant little dopamine hit of like, oh, I feel really happy. I got this new necklace. That really happy feeling is down the line and it's that repeated, consistent commitment to showing up, to planning to getting your protein, getting your steps in, all of those core activities that just need to become a part of our everyday to make it all happen. So overall, I want you to go back, check out the show notes, write down those questions, do a little journaling activity for yourself if you feel moved to do so. Again, three questions. In the context of these relationships, am I making time for the activities that are important to my health and wellness on top of managing the other responsibilities that I have or on top of showing up in my relationships the way that I also want to because that's a priority too. Second, look at the alignment of those values. Is that person, these people, this culture placing the same emphasis on some of these health and wellness activities like eating nourishing foods for my body, managing stress, prioritizing sleep, all of those different tasks. And the last one, the emotional health. Do I feel like my best self when I spend time with this person? And will I continue to feel like my best self? And if some of those things are a little bit off, can we have an open conversation about it? Can we start to facilitate that? And if we realize that they're not the same, then hey, it's okay. But it's better that you figure that out and figure out a path forward from there. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. A little bit of a different twist on our health and wellness for this one, but would love your feedback since this isn't an area I spend a ton of time talking about, but it's one that I'm deeply interested in for myself. And I think that a lot of other women out there, especially who are in their 20s right now, one of the other comments that 
was made during this wedding ceremony was the fact that the millennial generally generation in particular look at dating apps you swipe you can go on social media you can stalk somebody before you even meet them which could mean that you're showing up with a lot of preconceived notions to a date or stories that you have in your head for something that hasn't even happened yet and i know personally even in just like talking to girlfriends too and even other guys it's hard to feel like people want to be as committed to relationships today because with the ability to swipe and just move on to the next person maybe it's because we think there's lots of different options out there i mean you think about it with the way technology has picked up at such a rapid pace you compare that to not that many years ago when someone would be introduced to somebody else by a friend or go out to a bar and meet this person there wasn't this idea that, oh, I had this little phone in my pocket and I can go find another person who might be pretty similar to you too. But what he came back to after making these points was that the responses that my brother and his sister, my brother and sister-in-law had was the fact that there are people who are committed and there are people out there who want to grow with somebody else and I think that's really beautiful I even gave my own little speech before hearing any of this at their rehearsal dinner and stand firmly by this and if they're listening to this episode I'll embarrass them a little bit too that their relationship is really a standard that I hold for myself in the type of relationship that I want to have in my own life and I'm just so grateful to be able to call them my family so with that, wherever you're listening from, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, please reach out to me anytime on social is the easiest way to grab me. Shoot me a DM at the Krista Huber or at the fix.officialpod. The best way to help me grow this show, I got two requests for you guys if you've been listening to me for a while as we move into the second year of the podcast, or the end of the second year of the podcast, I should say, coming up in December. Leave a review. It helps tremendously. And then, of course, share it with friends. If you do, tag me. I love showing up for these every other week. And we're making some schedule changes to hopefully get back to weekly episodes. So stay tuned for all of that. And outside of the show, if any of this resonated with you in terms of the fitness and nutrition side of things and you feel like you're missing that community and you feel like you don't know where to get started, Let's have a conversation. I would love to welcome you into my online community. You don't even have to commit to coaching with me to come be a part of it. There are tons of resources in there, everything from mindset to recipes to success stories and just a place to bounce ideas off of other people and feel supported no matter where you are in getting a handle on your own fitness and nutrition. So would be honored to welcome you into that. And of course, love to set up a one-on-one -on -one complimentary consult with anybody who's interested in exploring the Fitness Fix coaching program. We are beginning to limit spots. We've been getting really busy over the last couple of months, especially now that we're back in fall, summer's over. If you listen to the last two episodes, everybody's starting to buckle down again. And we're gonna have to put a little bit of, cap of a cap on the coaching roster very soon. So if you wanna take advantage of the few spots that we do have, please don't hesitate to reach out to me ASAP. And from wherever you were listening from, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.